2 Corinthians 2, 5-11. Now if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote, that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continuing on, 2 Corinthians, joined by the illustrious Jennifer <laughs> McClish. Illustrious. Illustrious. Love that. All right. Word. All right. Um, so we have this um, sinner, as Paul calls him. <laughs> um, but this guy, or I guess it's probably the, does Paul even call him that? Or is that just the ESV? Anyways, oh, yeah. um, the title in the ESV is Forgive the Sinner. This yes, passage. exactly. So we have this person. Um who Paul is, he's talking about a specific person um, and there's forgiveness and Satan and, you know, all this stuff going on. So, McClish, tell us a little bit about what is going on in 2 Corinthians 2, 5 through 11. Yeah, well, you know, I love this, like 2, the Corinthians, the whole Corinthians, uh, first and second letter, I know too. But it is like a, it's like a mystery that you're trying to piece together with acts, you know, like where was was he, what's he doing, you know? Because we were talking about Asia, like he talks about how they were like pressed, hard pressed in Asia to the point of despairing their own life. And then it's actually like in Acts 19, it's like the cross reference of, you know, exactly. They're like super opposed in the synagogue. So anyway, right. Right. So where we are in the whole mystery, I, I think (laughs) is, um, so after Paul, um, you know, heard that there are problems Mm -hmm. and made a surprise visit, uh, to the Corinthians, (laughs) the good kind, exactly. Um, apparently, there was someone who um, I guess most commentators assume was in leadership that um, openly attacked Paul and probably, you know, not again, not uh, this is so actually goes so well hand in hand with our sermons back when we were talking about how we engage in conflict and how tempted we are to just attack the person as opposed to really desiring the truth. And so you kind of sense that that's probably what was going on there because like you've got all this, um, you know, Paul talking about his integrity and defending his ministry and all these things that we've seen. You're kind of like, why is Paul talking about himself? And like, well, okay, he's trying to reassure the people and also point them back to like, let's get back on the truth. So anyway, you've got this person who's done that. Um, attacked him and the church I guess just probably sat there and like watched um, so it was very hurtful to Paul and yet then apparently after the fact they were embarrassed by the whole thing and they have kicked this guy out mm-hmm. um, maybe as a church discipline matter mm-hmm. but they have neglected the reconciliation part yeah. of um, church discipline yeah. and so this guy's outside of the body of Christ outside the flock outside the church and uh, he's in danger of succumbing to excessive sorrow. So Mm. you kind of got this thing that maybe he sounds repentant and he Mm. wants to come back in. And so then Paul is instructing them and reminding uh, them who we are as believers um, and that, yeah, we are marked by forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A few other 
uh, places in scripture come to mind. So first Christ's teaching uh, repeatedly on, you know, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you mm-hmm. and so forth. So we see here, um, Paul is turning in grace towards this person and actually um, pleading for this person, uh, you know, lest they be overcome by sorrow uh, by their, you know, sin and right. being outcast from the church right. to turn towards him in forgiveness and comfort, which is, you know, pretty remarkable. Like when you think about, um, I, I think about, um, you know, my, my grandfather was in Baptist ministry for a long time, which uh. is a messy place to be for a long time. <laughs> um, especially like in the, you know, seventies and eighties. Oh my and goodness. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've just heard these stories, uh, mainly from my mom of, you know, basically just these insanely just rude and hard things that were done to him. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, he, he was, very resilient and, and, um, you know, as has actually in his old age become good friends with these people who once like really wronged him. And yet he just kind of put his, his hand to the plow and faithfulness and, right. and kept on. And so we see like a little bit of this, you know, uh, I, I guess resilience is a good word, but not just for the sake of resilience, but for the sake of the church and the unity exactly. of the body. And so we yeah. see that in Paul here. Yeah. And I even think about David and Saul, um, you know, Saul just completely abused and hunted, like literally hunted David mm. with an army. Yeah. And yeah, at every point that David had the option of, you know, insurrection and kind of claiming the crown, mm-hmm. even though he was already anointed by Samuel, mm-hmm. he, he says, how could I put out my hand against the Lord's anointed? And so there's this deeper awareness that David carried that even though Saul was his enemy and hunted him, and even though he didn't like Saul, mm-hmm. um, he viewed him in light of God's grand design and that right. God had set him as king. And so here, Paul is viewing this man who's wronged him, not just as an enemy in his ministry, but as a part of God's church. Right. And so therefore, the right thing is to correct him, but then to restore him to Bring the body. Him back in. To yeah, I mean, him. there's this, he's just, he's so taken and absolutely believes in the profound mutuality of the body Mm. of Christ. I mean, even when he says like, this isn't just pain for me, but a pain for all of us, like we're all suffering, like that kind of back to those other places where he says like, if one suffers, then we all suffer. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean this, so to think of him as a part of the body that's suffering uh, Mm. because he's outside of it, but also you're suffering because of what was done to me. I mean, it's just, but again, you can see like this Paul removing himself, like this isn't himself at the center. This is Christ and his church at the center Absolutely. and how it leads him to places that will allow him to suffer, allow yeah. him to persevere, yeah. allow him to be resilient. Yeah. I mean, like if you want to like keep going, I mean, I don't know if you ever have these things, <laughs> these, you know, wake up in the middle of the night revealing a little bit about myself, totally. start to um, wonder if I have what it takes to keep going yeah, or yeah. worry about like, oh my goodness, I am totally the title person who would just, could just like really screw the, this up. Right. Carlisle, I mean, the Carlisle house loves some midnight existential crises. <laughs> is, yeah, right. It's, it's a good time. It's a regular occurrence. It's a really good time. <laughs> and so how do we, how do we move forward knowing mm-hmm. how weak and sinful we are? I mean, if you look too hard inside, then yeah, you ought to be pretty nervous about mm-hmm. um, your ability to withstand this kind of 
um, suffering. And yet that's why Second Corinthians is such an amazing manual for suffering in uh, in ministry in particular, but honestly, in all kinds, mm-hmm. because he just shows us the way. Mm-hmm. It's like, it really is important to understand the church and Christ's intention for the church and your place in this, that you are part of a body. You're not just consuming content and um, you know, mm-hmm. programs and I don't know, feeling good, you know, when you leave, have something that's a nice family activity on yeah. a Sunday morning yeah. or whatever we do. Um, this is your family. This is your very body. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, he says in verse 10 and 11, um, or he says in verse 10, indeed, what I've forgiven, if I've forgiven anything has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. Yes. And that's, that's a helpful, there's a helpful lesson on forgiveness in there mm. that, we don't forgive when it doesn't hurt anymore. We don't forgive yeah. when it doesn't bother us anymore. Right. Uh, we don't forgive for the sake of convenience or, or comfort, but it's for the sake of God's people in the presence of Christ. In other words, in order to honor Christ. Right. And also just that idea of presence of Christ. It's also literally the face of Christ. Mm. Fa- Christ is beaming mm. down on you with approval and mm-hmm. love and such yeah, like you're living in his will pride yeah. in who you are and yeah. who he's made you to be yes. and that kind of like such like beautiful expectation of the power of his death and resurrection in your life absolutely i mean this is your savior absolutely. and then he empowers you to do it and that honestly because i mean there's people times where you're like how am i ever going to forgive like mm-hmm. it, it's hard when you put yourself out to serve. I think it's so interesting that Paul is doing this, like even in the context of ministry, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I mean, you feel this as a parent, you feel this as a spouse, you feel this as anyone who's volunteered for yeah. anything. Yeah. And you're like, are, you, are y'all kidding me right now? Yeah. Like, have I not died yeah, enough? I'm I'm not given enough. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Like I got better stuff to do, whatever. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what we getting all crazy about our rights. And yeah, <laughs> and this is Christ. Like, who gave up everything. Yeah. I mean, we just can't even articulate how beautiful he is. And yet uh, he's beaming on us for forgiving someone, you know, the 10 cents when we've been forgiven a billion. Mm-hmm. And then he lands it in a really interesting place, which I would, I would kind of call this like forgiveness as an act of war mm-hmm. so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. So if I've forgiven anything, <clears throat> has been uh, what I've forgiven if I've forgiven anything has been for your sake in the presence of Christ so that we would not be outwitted by Satan because we're not ignorant of his designs. That's all right. And um, gosh, I mean, I think a great question just to ask about the, the church and you could put this on a global level, an American level, mm-hmm. a Christ covenant level, and then just like a you and your like immediate community level. Are you being outwitted by Satan? Are we being outwitted mm-hmm. by Satan? And, you know, I think it's it's easy to see on a macro level when we kind of look at the like, you know, strange orb that is like American Christianity. Yeah. Like whether, you know, it's it's COVID or like all these different like things that arise. Where right. We, like, pick up like where emotions get heated. Mm-hmm. How often are we outwitted by Satan into like these crusades that we take up or, you know, these grudges that we carry mm. that we're so convinced we're justified in. Right. And we're, we're really just ripping the church apart at the that's same time. That's right. And that's how we are so like the Corinthians. Like we talked, even when we, when we were talking about first Corinthians, 
just seeing what a transactional meritocracy of a place Corinth yeah. is and how that they were discipled more by the world than by Christ. And Paul mm. is again, just pointing us back to the spectacle of the cross and wanting us to make a spectacle of our life and how willing we are to die to all of this Absolutely. and, and forgive and just, you know, demonstrate the yeah. heart of God toward us. Um, as we do that towards others, it's yeah. yeah. Why, why do we even struggle? I don't know what I'm talking about it right now. <laughs> no, 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 we we all love the Lord's prayer. You know, the kingdom come, that will be done yeah. on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, Romans 16, the God, the uh, God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Mm-hmm. And we we love those passages. But you know, if you if you want to see God's kingdom built around you and be part of that work, mm-hmm. and if you want to see Satan's kingdom destroyed and to be part of that work, mm. here here's the first step is here you go. forgive people who've hurt you, mm. even if they don't deserve it. Right. And walk around even like the kind of person who would, like there's even a walking around with a spirit of grace and truth that says, I am the kind of person who would forgive you if you even wronged me. Yeah. I mean, that's like, <laughs> yes, next level. Yes. Yeah. Ready to forgive. Ready Armed to forgive. Ready to I forgive. know. Right. Absolutely. Well, this is a great, you know, practical word, um, mm-hmm. to, to look towards those offenses that we still carry and, um, to posture ourselves for forgiveness, ready and armed to forgive. So for Jennifer McClish, I'm Will Carlisle. We will see you tomorrow in the sunny pastures of 2 Corinthians 2 on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.